Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, and I just come to give you another encouraging, uplifting word to help you make it through the day. I don't know what your struggle has been today, but I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I come to just to talk about the goodness of God. You know, uh, sometimes you can feel that uh, you don't matter or do you really matter or how do God actually see men or see or how do God perceive us? You know, God is, is, is very unique and he's very special because when God sees people, he doesn't see them like that we see them. In other words, uh, if you look uh, at television, uh, you see the models and the bodies, the physiques, the women, and, and you think that that's how you should be or that's how God wants you to be. But God is not like that. I just want to share something with you. God doesn't look at the outward appearance of men. He looks at the inward appearance of men. And then he transfers the inward man and the outward man to be what he wants. And, you know, I want to talk about someone that we all love to talk about, David. Because, you know, David was chosen by God. And he was chosen to be the king of Israel because of Saul's uh, disobedience and not following the will of God that God wanted him to do. But really what happened with Saul was Saul was a king that the people wanted. He had everything that they looked for. He was tall. He was handsome. Uh, he looked to be the most strongest person in Israel based upon the text in First Samuel. When they, when they talk about Saul, they talk about, you know, he was head above the people, you know. And when, when Saul had failed and God found another replacement, God found a man. And this is, this is going to be very curious to you and it's going to intrigue your heart and mind because what God had found, he found a boy, but God saw him as a man. And so there was a prophet, Samuel, who was God's man on the earth. And one thing, you know, we had talked about Samuel one day because Samuel had such a special anointing and he had such a special relationship with God that it says that all the words that Samuel said, God would not let them hit the ground. Everything that Samuel said, God made it come to pass because of the relationship that he had with Samuel. God honored Samuel when he was on the earth, just like he honors me and you today. But when Saul fell, and Samuel, he loved Saul. So he couldn't understand that, you know, that God was going to move on. Uh, we're going to be looking in 1 Samuel. And I'll be sharing some things with you about David and how God saw David. Because everybody didn't see David. David wasn't even invited to the barbecue. I don't know if, if you have not been invited to something. And he was, this was a family function that he wasn't invited to. He, he was left out. In other words, he wasn't even thought about. You know, in other words, he had to go take care of the sheep where everybody else was able to go and meet the prophet Samuel and, and dine and eat food. But when God wants you, I don't care how you feel. I don't care if you think that uh, you're so far uh, beneath the ground that you can't rise up. You can rise above anything with the help of God, if you just trust in him. And I just wanted to share that with you in other words, but before I start, I'm just gonna pray. Oh, precious Father, I thank you, Father, for the day. 
I thank you, Father, for this moment to have this uh, episode and hoping that it blesses people's heart, Father, and encourage them, especially for the downtrodden person who doesn't feel that they will ever amount to anything or never rise above their circumstances. But that's the lie of the enemy. Because when God sees you, he sees you invincible. And the main thing, when God chooses you, you know what happens. God is right there. God would never leave you. God would guide you. And one of the things that you'll find out uh, about God is that he's a comforter. He's a friend in a time of need, a time of trouble. Uh, in Samuel chapter 16, the Lord told Samuel, I want you to go down here and I want you to, to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be king, to replace Saul. But let me tell you something. Samuel was afraid to go down there and do that because he didn't want uh, Saul to uh, exact revenge on him. And it says in chapter 16, and I'm going to read, and I'm reading from the American Standard Bible today. I know you're probably saying, Danny, you're all over the place, but no, I'm not all over the place. Something I just feel led that God is speaking to my heart and mind uh, where I should go at. In other words, I just don't just do this. I have to pray before I, I decide I want to talk about something because it has to penetrate my heart because I want it to penetrate your heart. And mainly I wanted to, to bring about change and evoke you to be a better person because whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. So whatever you're struggling with today, uh, whether it's depression, whether it's loneliness, uh, whether, you know, it's just worrying about how you're going to make it from day to day. That's the reality of life. How do we make it day to day? We make it day to day by just putting our trust and hope and belief in God. Remember what I told you with this challenge of Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 19 to 34. And it's about not worrying, about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And what we found out is very fascinating that all it really is just trusting God, you know. And like yesterday when I was in my reading about Mark 11 and, and Jesus said, have faith in God, it has to be a constant, a constant thing. It can't be something that's just uh, done in the moment. It needs to be a lifestyle. In other words, when you when you worship God, you worship God in your lifestyle, in your everyday living, how you treat others, how you treat your co-workers, how you treat the stranger uh, at the bus stop, how you treat the stranger in a grocery store. This is all how you worship. Worship is, is, a, is, is a conduct, a conduct in a way to live it. But let's get started. Uh, in Samuel 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long would you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go and I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. I have selected a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, how can I go? When Saul hears of it, he would kill me. And the Lord said to him, take a helper with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And you shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show you what you should do. And you should anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. 
now this is the this is the awesome thing about God. God is, God is teaching too. He's teaching Samuel. He's teaching Samuel, hey, I want you to trust me. In other words, hey, I know you love Saul, but I've moved on. You know, sometimes we got to understand that God has the ability to move on. In other words, uh, you know, uh, with this with his mission, because his mission is to, is to save mankind and bring mankind into the knowledge of him, that he's the only one true God. And so the whole thing, too, I want you to understand is that when God calls you, I want you to know if he hastens to what he tells you to do, don't delay. And if God said, hey, get up and go, go. You know, if you feel an unction from the Holy Spirit to do something that the Lord is leading you to do, trust him. It may not make sense to you, and, and, you know, but if you trust him, you, you, you might see the glory of God if you let your faith take control of the circumstances and you believe and hold confidence in what God is getting ready to do uh, with you. In other words, because God wants to use us all and he's using us all because guess what? Uh, you're not here for a season. You're here for a reason. We're all here for a purpose. In other words, we have a, we have a destiny. And I'm talking about and if we allow God to use us, we can complete that destiny. And 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 uh, we'll continue on because this is really we're getting to the meat of the, the meat of the story because you know uh, like I said you might feel like that God can never use me I'm just nobody in other words who cares about me but let me tell you something this is a this is something really big I want you to grab it. I want you to grab hold of it too. even if the world doesn't see you God sees you. When God sees you, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly for you. In other words, there's nothing God can't do. God can take you and put you in places that you've never been in. If you have the confidence just to trust in him and believe in him and not be afraid to step out. You know, one of the biggest things that Peter had to do when he was dealing with the Lord, when it talks about Christ walking on the water, he did something that no one else did. He took a step. So I want you to take a step today. If God is calling you to do something, take a step. And, and don't worry about the rest. And if you think that you're sinking, just say, save me. And you know what it said in, in the gospel? It says that as soon as Peter said, save me, it says that the Lord reached out his hand and grabbed him. And that's what God would do if you think that you're beginning to sink. Just say, save me. And if you need to be saved, just say it. Say, save me. And the Lord will save you. I just want you to know, if you feel forgotten, you're not forgotten because God has a purpose and a plan and a destiny for your life to move you from one level to the next level. And I think that's pretty awesome when you really think about how good God is and what he can do and how he can revolutionize your circumstances and just give you hope and give you peace and i'm going to continue on with david and how god is getting ready to do something for him because guess what he wasn't invited to the barbecue he had to work you know in other words that meant he didn't get a chance to to uh see the prophet come down and, and spend time with the family and sometimes you know uh i would always wonder you know like when david heard that the prophet was coming down 
how did he feel? Was he excited? Because, you know, the prophet was the man of God. It means that in those days, he heard directly from God. So when he, when he came, he had a message. You remember, like I said, with Samuel, everything that he said, God formed it. So this is really big. I'm talking about, you know, when you, when you think about Samuel, Samuel has such a heavy anointing, you know, on his life, you know. In other words, uh, that God didn't let none of his words fail. And sometimes when I think about Samuel on a, on a lighter note, you know, he reminds me of Moses because Moses, Moses was very unique, more than anyone else because God spoke to Moses. In other words, God didn't hide anything from Moses. But Samuel, he didn't let nothing that Samuel said hit the ground. God would honor you just as he honored Samuel, Moses, and David in the, in the Bible. And as we look further, it says this, So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, do you come in peace? Now this is, see, this is what I mean about, I want you to understand that when a prophet came down there, the people were scared because they knew that he could be coming to bring judgment on them. They didn't know if they had sinned, if something was going on, did somebody do something wrong? Why is this man coming down here? What is this all about? But guess what they didn't know? They didn't know it was gonna be a celebration and that God was doing something new in the earth. He was getting ready to give them the king that he wanted. And the king that God wanted it was, he didn't want them to have a king like the rest of the world had. God wanted them to have a king that first of all, that would submit unto God and trust God because the difference between all the other nations at this time was in Israel, the prophet was God's spokesman and he would speak to the king. And, but the king had a, a job too. He had to know the word. And so, but the prophet, even though he wasn't a king, he was a representative of God on earth. You know how we talk about we ambassadors for Christ. The prophet was the ambassador for the kingdom of God on earth. His job was to make sure that the people knew what God's will was for their life and what God was going to do if they was obedient. And as you can see, as I was looking in that verse, that's verse number four, and I'm reading from, like I said, from American Standard, the Bible, and says this. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, do you come in peace? And this is what he said. This is a man who's walking in authority that God has given him from the foundation of the world. And he says, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And he also consecrated Jesse and his sons, invited them to the sacrifice. Now remember, like I said, you know, David wasn't invited to this barbecue. David was uh, doing some other things. And we're gonna get to that because all this is in chapter 16. I just want you to know that when God wanna use you, you don't have to have someone give you an invitation. 
when God gives you an invitation, he's going to bring you all the way up to the front seat at the front door. So if you're feeling like that your life has no value, you feel like that you can't go on, you feel like that, oh, I don't know what to do, how I'm going to do this. Well, let me tell you, God has a plan for your life. And so I don't know what you're going through right now, but I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And as we go on, it says this, then he came about when they entered. He looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord has anointed is before him. Now, this is what he thought. He thought the first son that he saw because he said, it's got to be the man. Because remember like this, Samuel's not looking at the man the way God looks at the man. He's looking at the outward appearance. So we can tell that this son was something uh, extraordinary. In other words, he probably was a well-built person, you know, shape, you know, a nice looking person. In other words, he had to look, but guess what? He didn't have what God wanted him to have in the inside. So I just want you to let you know that when God sees you, he sees all your labors. He sees all your toil. He know what you've been doing. He know you've been faithful in the least, and now you're faithful in much. And so as we go on, in verse 7 it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his statue, because I rejected him. For God sees not as a man sees, for men look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I want you to get that. See, in other words, it ain't about uh, going to LA Fitness or one of these one of these places where you go to work out at. And I'm not singling them. I'm just just the name that first came to my mind. It's just uh, that when God sees you, especially when you feel you're def you feel defeated inside, but you don't know that you're a giant inside. You know, uh, one of the greatest things I like in the Bible when it talks about when God chose Gideon. You know, it says Gideon at nighttime, he was, you know, moving about because he was afraid to be seen during the daytime. And then, you know, when the angel Lord appeared to him, say, hey, mighty man of vow, he said, he couldn't believe it because guess what? He felt like he was the least of the least. And you can find that in the book of Judges chapter six, if you want to read about Gideon. And Gideon was someone else who was like uh, someone who feels that they are not qualified, you know. And you remember like this, God doesn't give the job to the qualified. God gives the job to the person that he qualifies. So God qualifies you, in other words. You don't have to be uh, what you think that you have to be. One of the things that Christ did, and if you look in the book of Mark chapter three, when he chooses his 12 disciples, it says he chooses whom he wanted. In other words, he didn't get no help from the angels. He didn't get no help from his friends. He chose whom he wanted to be with him. In other words, it was his sole decision. And when he chose these unlearned men, it wasn't the fact that, you know, uh, they was just because they was unlearned. He chose them because he saw what they had inside, because he knew that they would have to deal with affliction. He knew they would have to be able to deal with trust and belief in something that don't seem real. 
you know, in other words, they had to they had to follow him, in other words, and they had to suffer, you know. It just wasn't just one of those things where these guys just was out here just moving, you know. Those guys, those guys died a violent death for the kingdom of God, but they counted all as joy because you know why? Because Christ led the way. See, Christ was the ultimate person. He paid the price. He showed them how to go through suffering and pain. But, you know, when you know that you have the truth around you, you're able to deal with whatever's going on around you. And so as we go on, and then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Now, you know, he's like, oh, wow, you know, maybe it's going to be this one. But one thing that I love what Samuel was doing, he was not leading to his own understanding. He was letting God speak to him and letting him know that this wasn't the person, you know, in other words. And, you know, as you go further on in this chapter, you'll find out that Samuel thought he was wasting his time, man. God, why you ever come down here? You, you, you tell me to come down here, anoint these people. You, you gonna get a king down here and everybody coming up to me? It's not the one that you want. Because you know why? Just like I said in my last podcast, that Christ was teaching. God is teaching Samuel too, and he's teaching us to understand that, hey, the way God sees things, he sees in a whole different light than what we see. In other words, we see things, you know, um, cut and dry. In other words, uh, we think that you should be this way. But God said, no, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be this way. And I'm just going to go back to verse 7. So, Because I, I really want this to, to lay in your heart, in your mind. I want it to be, I want it to penetrate the, the inward man. In other words, so the inward person will get it. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his height or his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as a man sees, for a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So we know that God doesn't look at the uh, the outstanding physique. He looks at the heart because guess what? You know, you know, if you've been in in in, in a dark place and pearls and things are coming against you, in other words, and you're just crying out to God, saying, "God, I need your help. I don't know what to do. God, please show me. Please give me favor." I don't know if you've been in that place before, but I've been in that place. You know, sometimes you know, uh, you have to just cry out to God in the middle of the night. When no one's around, you know, uh, just say, God, I, I need you. And what I kind of find out when I do this, I begin to see the goodness of God and the glory of God moving in my circumstances, moving in my world, because that's who God is. He's the, he's the perfect friend, the perfect parent. He know how to cover you when you're cold. He know how to feed you when you're hungry. He know how to give you water when you're thirsty. And that's just, you know, I just want you to know that we, we serve a God that's full of love and mercy and compassion. And his will is to give us everything that 
we desire, it says that. And, and when I was reading in Luke 12, and Jesus tells his disciples not to work. And then he goes on further and tell them in Luke chapter 12, he says that it's the God's pleasure, you know, God will to give unto us the things that we, we need. So I just want to just encourage you again. So if you feel like that, your life doesn't matter. You feel like that you're just going through life and nothing turning out your way. You've been toiling over this. You've been hoping and believing and trusting that God would do something in your world. Don't give up. In the book of Galatians, it said, if you faint not, you'll reap a harvest. And what that means is that if it wasn't, we, we would, could faint. And what that means is that it's, it's going to be a struggle. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith because, you know, uh, when you're going through certain things, circumstances and things like that, sometimes you don't feel like it's going to turn around. It feels like it's just going to continue to be gloom and doom. But I just want you to know that whatever's on your heart and mind at this time, it's on God's heart and mind. And if you, you know, I just want to let you know that God loves you. And you know, it's, it, wherever you're at in time, by you know, if you're in, if you're incarcerated, if you're in a hospital, if you're walking down the street and you, you know, and you have no place to go, God is with you because He's love. In other words. He's right there with you in a storm. And I'm going to go on. Next, Jesse made Shama pass. He said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Now, we see this is the third son that Jesse has seen. And Jesse's like, man, wow, what's going on? Because, you know, because God is, is, you know, God is teaching. He's teaching, he's teaching Samuel to, to, to get his heart off of it. The hour of the prince, because you got to understand, when they chose Samuel, they said Samuel was head above all the people. Samuel was, you know, he looked like the ultimate person. Because if you go on and you read about the story of David and Goliath, you'll find out that it should have been Saul who went to fight Goliath, not David. Because Saul was the king. He should have been the one that defended his nation. Not some teenage boy. But guess what? And the reason why the teenage boy was able to do it because he had faith in God. See, David never put his faith in himself. His faith was in God. One thing that I want you to understand if you want to have success, don't rely on your own ability. Rely on the powers and ability of God to be able to do what he needs to do. And so let's go on. And it says this. And Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? And he says, there remains yet the youngest. Behold, he is tending to the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we would not sit down until he comes here. Now, this is the key I want you to understand, because Christ is the ultimate shepherd. And the whole thing that I want you to see, David was tending to the sheep. And this is what you have to understand. First, you have to understand what sheep are. Sheep are considered to be animals that uh, have no, uh, they, need to, they need guidance. Or, you know, they, or they'll, they'll go over a cliff. They need, they need a shepherd. They need someone to lead them to the water. They need someone to make sure that they stay alive. So, David 
was going to become king. And he learned how to shepherd people by tending to the sheep because the sheep are ignorant people, ignorant animals. And I'm not saying we're ignorant, I'm talking about but what I'm just saying is that sheep are, they need guidance, people need guidance, people need to have right leadership around them to uh, get them to the next level, to keep them focused, in other words. So if you, you, know, if you really want to know what your pastor is, he's a shepherd and what he's doing is he or her, because a pastor can be a male or a female, so I don't want you to be looking at it lopsided because God can use anything. Because if you go in, if you go in the Old Testament, you'll see where God even had a donkey speak. So don't uh, be limited in your thinking about the kingdom of God and what God can use and how he can use, who he can use whenever he wants to, in other words, because he's ultimately in charge. And so this is what happens. So, you know, like I said, God had told Samuel once before he found a man after his own heart. And when he said this, do you know what? David was a teenager. David wasn't a man yet. But when God sees you, God see, doesn't see you where you're at right now. He sees where you're going to be at. So when God begins to use you, God is not using you for what you think you're at right now. Because he sees beyond that. He knows where he's going to take you. In other words, he knows what you're going to do. And so it goes on and says this in verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. And now he was rudy with a beautiful eyes, handsome in appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And this is, this is, this is, this is really powerful. Because guess what? Now, this all seems beautiful that David's about to get anointed to be the future king over Israel. But when no one's not taken into account at this time, for him to become king, something has to happen to Saul. He can't become king while Saul is alive. And he can't become king if Saul has children. In other words, because the, the heir of the kingdom should be one of Saul's children. So how is this all going to work out? Let me tell you something. This is what you call an impossibility. But with God, it's, a, it's possible. With men, it may be impossible. With God, all things are impossible because God sees the beginning before the end. In other words, God knows what he's doing. In other words, and so now, first of all, Saul's still king, you know, he, he's moving, he's doing what he got to do. And he don't even know that God has replaced him and got a, a, and got a young man to replace him. In other words, well, this is going to take time because David's going to have to grow into become this man that God wants him to be. And the only way he can become this man because he uh, is not born into royalty. So he's going to have to learn from Saul. Now, he becomes, you know, Saul's top soldier, but in a process of time, he become Saul's most biggest rival. In other words, Saul, Saul knew that the Lord had his hand on him, and it provoked Saul to jealousy to want to kill David. But we're just talking about how if you feel like that your life uh, and that God can't use you or you're just stuck in a rut, you're not going to never change. I just want you to know you never know what God is going to do from you from day to day. 
uh, you know, you, 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 you can wake up and be in a whole different place. So I want to encourage you not to, not to lose heart. But let's go back to David and, and see how this, this thing turns out with him being anointed. And it says this, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. He did what his, he did what God called him to do. But I want to let you know about verse 13, because if you if you if you don't look at verse 13, you're gonna you're gonna miss what, what happens. And when this is this is the overlay, this is uh, what happens when God comes into your world and he wants to use you. First of all, he's not gonna leave you, as you can see, and let's look at it again. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon, came mildly upon David from that day. In other words, God was with him. When God anointed him and had him anointed by Samuel, and when once the oil hit him, and that meant that the Holy Spirit would be with him, and that he would become in a process of time that God was going to use to lead the people of Israel. And I want you to see what happens when he gets anointed. And this is, and this is what it says in verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. See, that meant even Saul, it says that God was with him. But when David got anointed, it said that spirit that God had hovering over Saul went to David. And then now he was being terrorized by an evil spirit from the Lord. So, you know, you, hey, let me tell you something. We don't want an angry God at us because, you know, that's just a, a, the reality of life, you know. But these things happen because God is going to eventually make David the king over all of Israel. And it's going to take time. And it's going to take some things that David had to learn and like we're going to learn. Now, I wanna, this is what I want to give you, some insight. So when God comes upon you to use you, don't look for it just to be an easy way because it comes with challenges. In other words, you know, for the next 20 years, David's on the run, you know, he, you know, but he has to learn how to depend upon God. So when you go read these Psalms, we're going we gonna to get, we're going to dive into these Psalms too. When you begin to read these Psalms, you realize that uh, God was building intimacy with David because David had to learn how not to worry, but trust God and believe what God was going to do. And because God was going to do some great things with David, you know, one of the, uh, Things I like in the book of Acts, it says that the reason why God chose David was because he chose David because David was a man who was going to do that all God had told him to do. David was going to be obedient to God. So I want to tell you, for all you sleeping giants who haven't woke up yet, when you wake up, be ready to be used by the Lord because he has a purpose and a destiny and a plan for your life. So if you're feeling defeated, you feel like that you don't know 
what's going to happen or you feel like your world won't change, I want you to know that anything can change and it can change suddenly, it can change instantly. And I don't want you to lose heart. I don't want you to uh, think that you're alone because you're not alone because first of all, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And that uh, he loves you, but also Danny Hampton, you know, loves you. In other words, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your prayer requests. I want to be able to stand up and shout with you victory and say, hey, look what God has done. In other words, so if you have, you know, any prayer requests, please send it to me. So I can, you know, write it down and I can uh, go into my prayer closet and close the door and say, God, help my sisters and brothers. And so I, I want to thank you for listening to the, sh to the show. But I'm going to close out in prayer. And I hope that this has been something edifying. I hope that it speaks to your heart, especially if you feel like that your, your life is not going the direction that you want it to go. Remember, you are not forgotten. And this is, you know, the title of this story, messages, you're not forgotten. You are not forgotten. Not by God, you are not forgotten. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. Oh, precious Father, I thank you, Father, for all the people that will hear this, that it would penetrate their heart, that it would change their hearts, man, especially for the person who feels like that their life doesn't amount to anything. They feel that they've been abandoned. They feel like they've been abandoned by you, God, but we know that you are right there in the midst of them. You're right there in the fire and the floods and the storm, just as you was with David, because David was off tending sheep. He wasn't invited to the barbecue. But he was a true guest of honor. And when you asked, was the, when you had Samuel asked, was there any more sons? David came forth. I thank you, Father, for these people, Father. I pray for whatever they need, Father, that you would give it to them, that you would bless them, that you would turn their circumstance around. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to just tell you for the last time, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, and I love you. And I will be continuing praying for you and asking God to bless you. And I hope that you really enjoy this show. Thank you for your time. Love you. This is the You're Not Alone podcast. I'm your host, Danny Hampton. Thanks.